What is going on, everybody? Welcome back here today to episode 11 of the Just Ballin' Podcast. My name is Matthew Geist, and we are here into the teens now of the JB Pod. So yeah, today's episode really doesn't have a specific plot to it. It's just going to be a bunch of miscellaneous stuff that I want to talk about. Some Christmas Day games, some NBA rumors, some injuries, some just obviously stories that have came up so i just want to talk about them um like for instance the Dwayne deadman seeking a trade from the kings the pelicans listening to offers on drew holiday i want to cover all that and we're going to do that in today's pod now before we start this if you guys could leave a rating and review on apple pod i would greatly appreciate that thank you to everybody that has done that so far i do want to shout out a couple people that have gave a review on apple pod so i'm just going to do like three here um from silver kuhn he said really doing a great job keep it up Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, from 2KYT fan, he said, Ross plus Christian equals amazing. Great pod. A lot of Knicks talk, but it's really fun to laugh at a realistic Knicks fan. Very realistic opinions. Thank you for that. He uses a lot of advanced stats um, to go in depth. And then um, the side shot. Uh, it's S-H-Y-S-T-U-H. Not even going to try to pronounce that again. But he said, I love all your content I watch daily. Um, thank you for just the pod. And I was like, Thank you. Just seeing your review just means a lot. And then if you're on Spotify, just follow there. And then YouTube, obviously, you can leave a comment or just a like on that. And I appreciate that. So, yeah, we're going to just talk about a bunch of things today. But the first things I want to talk about is the Christmas Day games. Now, I'm going to talk about three of them. And I believe it was the first three. Uh, No, scratch that. The middle three. Yeah, the middle three. So, the first one was the 76ers Bucks. Really, just want to talk about how great Joel Embiid played in that game. He defended Giannis perfectly. People were saying, arguably, that was the best all-around performance of the season on both ends. And honestly, it's hard to disagree on that. He had a fantastic game on the offensive end. 31 points, 11 rebounds, and was 3 of 6 from downtown. You guys have known, in my videos, I talk about Joel Embiid taking way too many threes. And he's particularly, he's not good at it. He's frankly just not good at shooting um, from outside 16 feet, 18, 20 feet. But he, he was on this game. He went three for six. And then the next game, he goes four for 11, which is actually kind of solid. Um, but he was dominant inside on the boards. He was really good. And his defense on Giannis was incredible. His rim protecting just overall was great. And the amount of just turnovers he kind of let Giannis have. Like, he didn't have a steal. But, uh, I'm, yeah, he didn't have a steal. But he he basically tipped so many balls. Um, maybe they just didn't come uh, in the possession of Philly after. But he did a great job on that end. Um, two blocks for him as well, and he defended Giannis perfectly. That was definitely Giannis's worst performance of the season. I believe he went 6 for 21 shooting. He got into a little bit of foul trouble, which he doesn't normally do. Um, he doesn't really foul out of many games, but you know he gets in foul trouble here and there. Um, he's fouled out twice this season. Um, and he's hit five fouls, I believe, three times. So, you know, he can get into foul trouble, but those were mainly in the beginning of the year. Um, but he did actually, um, actually, excuse me, he only had three fouls. Um, I thought he had a lot more, but he had 18 points, eight for 27 from the field, 0 for 7 from three. Yeah, so it wasn't Giannis's best game. I still think he's the MVP of the year, but wanted to get Joel Embiid or give Joel Embiid some love. Now, the next game was the Rockets-Warriors game. Now, the Warriors aren't good, and the Rockets are good. So you would think that the Rockets would have won this game, and they did not. Um, James Harden didn't take many shots. Russell Westbrook went 0 for 8 from downtown. Now, I think this is a good strategy that teams should do. Um, it's just, just double-team uh, James Harden the point of attack. Right when he crosses half court, or right when he gets to a point where he will actually shoot the ball, you double-team immediately. I'd rather take the chances of a double-team James Harden 3 then obviously, and not double-team James Harden 3, but I'd also rather take 
let's say if you don't double team, right? You're going to get pretty much James Harden is going to shoot it. But if you do double team, I'd rather have Daniel House, Austin Rivers, or Russell Westbrook shoot that three than James Harden contested. 100%, 10 times out of 10. I'd rather Russell Westbrook take a wide open three than Harden um, with two defenders near him. So I think that's a very good strategy that Steve Kerr went with. Um, Draymond Green was great on that side of the ball. Russell Westbrook was 11 for 32. He has not been efficient this year whatsoever. It'll be interesting to see, or interesting to see, if he makes it into the All-Star game this year. Harden was 9 for 18, 6 for 10 from 3, and 0 for 1 from the line. I think it was like the fourth time in his career that he did not hit a free throw. Um, and yeah, the, the Rockets bench is pretty poor. It's bleak right now. Um, I hope Chris Clemens um, works out for them, and he could be a rotational guy. But I think they're definitely going to be looking for a wing at the deadline. Can't be somebody too expensive, because obviously they can't afford it. I don't think, unless the Kings are out of it, I mean, if they can get Bogey, Bogdan, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, that'd be nice. But I don't think, like, a first can get it done. Um, yeah, Clemens, he's been up and down this season um, with the Rockets. Um, he's been, obviously, in the G League a little bit. Um, he's had a bunch of DNPs. But, yeah, I, I like his game, and I think he could be a solid bench piece for him. I don't know. I think he's better than what Ben McElmore can honestly give you or Gary Clark. I'm not too high on those guys. Um, and the Warriors played great game when we had a really good game. Uh, d -Lo had a solid game as well. He was 8 for 19 from the field, but only 1 for 10 from 3. Um, so he was 8 for 9 on 2s, which I think was the career best for him, um, efficiency-wise, on a certain amount of attempts. But yeah, Damian Lee was really good. Uh, Draymond Green was also really good. And shout-out to the Warriors getting a Christmas home win on their home floor. Yeah, so uh, the last game I wanted to talk about was the LA Laker-LA Clipper game. Now, this was obviously the highest-touted game going into the uh, Christmas Day games because it's Battle of LA. We saw this opening night. The Clippers got the better of the Lakers. Lakers have been better since overall wise, but everyone wanted to see these two match up and it was a great game. Lakers were in control for most of the middle of the game, um, but the Clippers did come back um, in that third quarter at the end of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. They ended up winning 111-106 and the final play of the game was Patrick Beverly knocking it out of LeBron's hands. I think they decided to review it based off time, I think, um, or if it was a foul um, I think it was mainly off time, but then I think it caught the eye that uh, it hit LeBron's hand. But maybe that's what they um, thought regardless. But yeah, it ended up barely tipping off LeBron's hands. I think that's a good call. If it hits you last, it should be out on you. It doesn't matter if that's the opponent knocking it out. I think if it hits your hand regardless, however it gets knocked out, it should be the other team's ball. If you're the last person to touch it on any regard, should be the other team's ball. Um, so I really like that call. Um, Kawhi Leonard had a great game. Paul George was a pretty bad 5 for 18. Um, he was perfect at the line, though. And LeBron um, wasn't very good in this game. He was 2 for 12 on threes. He wasn't good in the clutch. AD was 1 for 6 on threes. But Kyle Kuzma had a really good game. He got hot in that first quarter. Uh, he hit, like, four straight buckets, um, which was cool to see for him. So, yeah. And then we could transition to the... Um, the Nuggets Pelicans, but I just want to talk about the Nuggets because we can transition to our next topic here as the New Orleans Pelicans have now listed Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, um, available in trade talks. So yeah, Drew Holiday has now been available in trade talks that David Griffin and Trajan Langdon um, probably made um, publicly. So let's, let's talk about this. Now I want to do episode 12 of the pod. I think Tom's going to come back on who was on episode 10 and we're going to give you guys like 10 trades about the deadline. And I think a couple of them will be Drew Holiday trades. Um, we're going to do like 10 trades each, five realistic, five ones we would love to see. Um, but yeah, I do want to talk about three teams that I think could trade for Drew Holiday. Now, the first one I really want to see get done is the Denver Nuggets. Now, I don't know how effective Drew Holiday would be in that system because it's a slowed down system. Obviously, it's more of a running gun fast-paced offensive tempo in New Orleans, and it's more of a slow down the 
Nuggets have the uh, slowest pace or lowest pace, whatever you want to call it, um, in the NBA. So you wouldn't really think that Drew Holiday would be the exact same Drew Holidays we're seeing now once he gets to um, Denver. So yeah, if, if you look at pace, the uh, the Denver Nuggets are second to last. Okay. Um, the Sacramento Kings are last, so I was wrong. I thought the... Uh, the Nuggets were last last time I checked. And the New Orleans Pelicans are fifth. So that's definitely a big change in pace there. And this would, I think, make Drew Holiday the primary ball handler, which I do like to see. I think Drew Holiday is a fine ball handler. But then you're kind of questioning, can Jamal Murray work off ball? Or is he more of just a shifty pick and roll, um, getting dribble handoffs, going around screens kind of guy? Not really a slasher, moving off ball type dude. I think he's shifty enough. I think he's quick enough. I think he's got the feet work. Uh, the feet work. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long morning for me. It's been a long morning. Um, but yeah, uh, the footwork of Jamal Murray. And I don't know if it'll work out, but then you're going to just value the price. Now, Drew Holiday, I think, is a pretty solid contract for what he is. I think he is a borderline all-star player in the NBA. I think he's a top starter in the NBA. And I think the Nuggets need a secondary offensive player. I don't think Will Barton can be that guy. Gary Harris seems like he's not that guy. And when Nikola Jokic isn't really an offensive takeover guy, I've said this a lot lately, so I don't want to we keep regurgitating it. But yeah, when Nikola Jokic, um, or excuse me, when Jamal Murray's not on, which is a lot because Jamal Murray is very inefficient, Nikola Jokic can't take a game over offensively, or at least scoring-wise. Because you kind of need that guy in the playoffs to rely on, and Jamal Murray's just not that guy at this moment in his career. Um, but Drew Holiday, I think, could take that load. Now, I think Bradley Beal's the perfect guy, but Bradley Beal can't even be traded. I don't even know if they have the assets to get that done. But yeah, Drew Holiday's making 26 mil this year, 26 mil next year, and then a $27 million player option in 2021-2022. Uh, I would guess he'd probably decline that by then, but um, I could definitely be wrong because you don't know how the NBA is going to be by then. But yeah, Drew Holiday's having a solid statistical season, uh, about 20 points. Um, a game he's shooting 44% from the field, which isn't great, 34 from three. So it is actually down, excuse me, from last year, at least from the field, but up from three. Um, he's a pretty good free throw shooter throughout his career but he's only shooting 69 percent this year so maybe this is the lowest his value is or could be at least in the last three years it is i think uh so if i'm the nuggets now personally i don't think michael porter jr should be untouchable but they say he is i don't think he's gonna play more than six years in the league i just don't um he doesn't look good right now and i still think he's two years away from being somewhat solid now obviously he's like the potential the potential of what he was in high school high school was three years ago for this guy or two years ago. He hasn't really played meaningful basketball in since high school. Like, he didn't play at all at uh, Missouri. and Or he played two games or whatever it was. And then he's barely played this year. He's playing like six, seven minutes a night. I don't know. I, I, he just looks stiff. And obviously that's expected because he's coming off a major back injury. But I, I think if you can get Drew Holiday, you get it done. Um, Drew Holiday is 29. So he is kind of up there. Kind of a little bit older than Jokic. And a lot older than Jamal Murray. So obviously Bradley Beal should be your guy. Maybe they were just waiting to see Bradley Beal's availability in the offseason. I just don't know if he will be. Because I think the Wizards are going to try to roll out the John Wall. The Beal. The Hashimura. Bertans. And Bryant lineup next year. Um, and actually try to be competitive. But... I don't know. This might be the Nuggets' best shot at getting a secondary, quote-unquote, star, top starter to pair up with Murray and Jokic. And I think if you can get it done with Malik Beasley, Gary Harris, and a first, you do that. But I don't think the Pelicans would accept that. You might need two firsts in there. I um, mean, you can't trade your first this year because they traded it for Jeremy Grant. So that's just one team I think would be interesting to see trade for Drew Holiday. The other team was the Milwaukee Bucks, but this one, they really don't have a good offer. They have that Pacers pick from the Malcolm Brogdon side of trade. They could do some sort of DiVincenzo, Eric Bledsoe in that pick. But, like, I don't, I don't really see the Pelicans wanting Eric Bledsoe. So, it's really hard to find a trade there because you have to match the salary. And 
the Bucks are already at the tax, so it's really hard to find there. I don't really see. I know a lot of people throw out the Pacers. I don't really think Miles Turner for Holiday would make sense for Indiana. Now you're kind of playing T.J. Warren at the four, and then Holiday guarding threes, which he can do, but uh, I don't really like that idea. Um, I saw somebody suggest Drew Holiday for Ben Simmons. I, I don't think the Sixers would ever consider that. Miami would be cool, um, but like. I think, like, Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn are fine young pieces, but I think they're way more valuable to Miami than they are to other teams. I just don't think they'd be as good on other teams. Maybe Duncan Robinson. I just don't think Kendrick Nunn would be. I think it's the system he's in. I think it's Spolstra. Um, and I think he's homegrown there. He's comfortable there. I just don't think he would be as good in a different system. So I don't really view him as a nice trade piece. The best one is Tower Hero, uh, but I believe he's untouchable, quote-unquote untouchable. Um, probably in a Drew Holiday trade. So if you can somehow do James Johnson... You'd probably have to do Justice Winslow in there. James Johnson, Winslow, and none. Does that even get it done? I don't know. It depends if the Pelicans really like Winslow, but I, I don't really see that happening. And yeah, like the Clippers, I mean, you can probably give up Jerome Robinson, Mo Harkless. I don't know, Jermichael Green in a first, but I, I doubt the Pelicans or the Clippers even consider that. The Mavericks would be nice. Uh, but you, they don't really have the first. I mean, you could maybe do Brunson, Kleba. I mean, Brunson or Brunson, Powell, and Tim Hardaway, <laughs> something like that. I just don't really see the Pelicans doing that. So really, the best trade, um, or even Minnesota, maybe they would do something like Jeff Teague, um, and a first. Ah, maybe if the Pelicans really want to sell low on Drew Holiday, because this is the lowest his value has probably been. Um, compared to what it was in the offseason when it was really high, and David Griffin gave him MVP praise going into the year. So, I think that a team should trade for Drew Holiday. I don't think the Pelicans should trade Drew Holiday. Because I think they're going to get a top pick in the draft. They're going to get Zion back. They're going to have cap flexibility in the offseason. They're going to get another year of development out of Brandon Ingram. Um, and I don't think Lonzo's going to be much. But they're going to get these guys back next year. They're going to have continuity. I think you try to compete next year with Drew Holiday. That's what I think you do. You try to draft the center. Maybe you luck out again. You could draft a James Wiseman, or you can somehow create uh, cap space. You can move Redick. Favors contract is up, and then you can go after Andre Drummond, or you can try to trade for Steven Adams and get that room protector that's better than Jackson Hayes immediately and try to contend next year. Um, I don't think you should trade Drew Holiday from the uh, from the Pelicans because you're also going to have to pay probably Brandon Ingram the max um, come June. So, yeah, that's my uh, take on the Drew Holiday news. Now, apparently, Dwayne Dedman wants out of Sacramento that... Uh, Shams uh, reported on, I believe, the 26th, or no, excuse me, the 27th, and Dwayne Dedman has been bad this year. I mean, he's lost his starting spot to um, to Rashawn Holmes, and he lost it kind of like right away, like in training camp, because um, uh, Adam Felipe, who um, I was talking to at the scouting experience thing I did with TPG Sports Group, he was talking about, because he's the director of scouting for the Kings, like in training camp, Rashawn Holmes was whooping everybody's ass. He was whooping everybody's ass, um, and they were like, all right, he's our starter. He's our starter. Like, opening night, Dwayne Dedman played 14 minutes. Yeah. He's only played over 20 minutes four times this season. He's played 20 minutes, 28, 27, and 22. Yeah. He has not played a lot this season. And over the last uh, 10 games, he's played three times for eight minutes, five minutes, and two minutes. Probably going to get traded. Now, if I'm Sacramento, I'm not trying to... I mean, I don't really like Dwayne Denman. I, I thought it was a little bit of an overpay. I really like the Sean Holmes contract. I thought the Corey Joseph was a little bit of an overpay as well. Um, same with the Ariza. I didn't really get those moves too much. But 
Dwayne Denman was uh, pretty solid for the Hawks last year, so that's why he got that money and the Kings had cap space to spend. And they're not a free agency destination, so you kind of get that move. He's got 13 mil this year, 13 mil next year, and then a 13 mil uh, non-guarantee in 2021. So it's basically just next year left on his contract. And I, I can't really find a team that would probably want him. Maybe Boston, but I don't think they can get to the salary of 13 mil. You'd probably have to do somewhat of like Romeo Langford, Canner, and maybe... Tice, but like you, you don't want to trade those two guys. No, it would probably have to be like Canner, Langford. Ah, I'm gonna try to think of a way the Celtics could get him because if I'm the um, if I'm the the Kings and you could maybe ask Cleveland if they do Tristan Thompson for Dwayne Dedman and like two second round picks. I think you do that. Um, uh, and then you try to complete for the uh, playoffs this year and you get Tristan Thompson who could be a very good backup center behind Rashawn Holmes and maybe you'd like to be there on a winning team. Um, and then he'll be a pending free agent anyway. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the Celtic salaries now. You have to get to 13 mil. So you'd probably have to do Canner, which is about 5 mil. Romeo Langford gets you to do about 8 mil. And then you do Gershon Yabasuli. that gets you to do about 11 and then Poirier. But now you're doing a four for one and then you kind of got to throw in crap guys. But I think you could maybe get that done. And then you could maybe throw in a second, and that's why um, and that's why Sacramento would do it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Dwayne Demon on the Boston Celtics. I actually think if they, but like, um, I don't think they would give up Langford. They just drafted the 14th overall, so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually, I take back Langford. Um, so maybe it would be Canner, Yabusuli, Poirier, and then Robert Williams. Could that get it done? Maybe. Um, I, I think it's what you have to hit 75 of the player's salary, so maybe you could. Um, I would not mind seeing Boston try to get um, try to get uh. Dwayne Dedman. I'm looking like at the Eastern Conference. Charlotte, maybe, maybe Marvin Williams for Dwayne Dedman. Not a terrible idea. Um, yeah. So I don't really see a lot of teams going after uh, Dwayne Dedman. Yeah. I mean, maybe Portland. Would they do just a Bazemore for Dedman swap? I think they would. I think actually they 100% would. I just don't know if Sacramento would do that. But if he wants out and you're just playing Rashawn Holmes over him anyway and you have Bagley back and you have Bielitsa and you have all these guys that you can play really over him and then I'm sure there'll be a center in the buyout market that you can go after or a center that you could just trade a second round pick for at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I guess it wouldn't um, entirely hurt to pick up like a, uh, to pick up a Kemp Bazemore and maybe a second round pick for Dwayne Demon or just Kemp Bazemore general and now you have like a better locker room. Uh, but yes, yeah, so if you look at... um. I'm just looking at uh, Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, he's on such a good contract. Four mil this year, um, and then he's making about five mil next year. Um, he's had a two-year, $10 million contract on July 16th. Yeah, and he's averaging um, career-high 12.5 points, career-high 8.8 .8 rebounds, um, and a career-high 66% field goal percentage, uh, which is really good. So, shout-out to Rashawn Holmes. Love to see that. Um, I really liked him in Phoenix, and um, I kind of liked him in Philly. Uh, I just didn't know if he would actually can, could be a starting center. And on a okay team like the Kings, he could definitely be a starting center. Yeah, Shams reported that Luke Walden is believed to have sword on Deadman, and neither sides believe the union can be salvaged. And apparently multiple teams are making offers for Deadman in hopes to get a deal done by the deadline. So yeah, it's looking like Deadman will be moved by the deadline. So yeah, Zach Randolph retired from the NBA, which I wanted to give a shout out to Zebo. He was a Nick at one point. Um, he's a really good guy and you know, he had his off the court issues, but it wasn't like anything horrible. He played 16 years in the NBA. Um, I just wanted to, well, gee, he had actually a really good season from 2003, 2004 when he was in Portland and then we'll go his second year in Memphis. Oh no, I'll actually go his, uh, we'll go his age 32 season. So it was 10 year peak, right? From his age 22 to 32 season, he averaged 19 points, 10 and a half rebounds and two assists. It's pretty solid. Shout out to Zebo. Uh, I don't think he'll be a hall of famer. Sucks. He never got a ring, but you know. Shout out to Zebo. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty much some news. Um, Mike Conley's out. 
weeks with the hamstring strain. You guys know he's been super disappointing this year. And yeah, James Wiseman um, signs with Excel. He is also withdrew from Memphis. Don't think I talked about this on the pod. I think due to a lack of centers in this draft, it's pretty much him, Vernon Carey, who he's a lot better than Vernon Carey. Uh, he's going to go top five, just the need for center. And a lot of these teams in the top five probably will be looking for a center. Atlanta, looking for a center. Golden State, looking for a center. New Orleans, probably looking for a center. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess not. Maybe they're looking for a point guard more. But, I mean, I think they would definitely draft James Wiseman if the opportunity uh, presented itself. Uh, Memphis could probably snag another center. Um, just maybe he could be under Valanciunas' wing. And then when Valanciunas' contract is up in a couple years, he can go. Uh, Cleveland would definitely draft James Wiseman. Washington would definitely draft James Wiseman. Um, all these teams pretty much need centers. Charlotte could use a center, but they might make the playoffs. So, yeah, James Wiseman, he'll be a top five pick. I honestly think he'll be a top three pick due to just Lamelo being hurt, RJ Hampton being hurt, Cole Anthony being hurt, uh, Denny Vija not really doing much um, in Israel. Um, I do really like Anthony Edwards. I honestly think if I had the number one pick right now, like I could just do a tankathon right now and we could just kind of see who has the number um like the top five. So we'll do a random tankathon draft simulator. I think this would be fun. And then like kind of who I would take in that spot. We'll do the top five. So I'm just going to do one random lottery. All right. So the Pelicans got the number one pick. So I think I would go point guard here if I'm the Pelicans. I think if you still are very high on Jackson Hayes, if you think that you can maybe bring back Derek Favors, I think you need a point guard. I don't think Alonzo's the answer there. I don't think Drew Holiday's your point guard. I think Drew Holiday's more of a two. I think you have Brandon Ingram at the three, Zion at the four. Let's say Hayes slash Favors next year at the five, if they were to bring back Favors. I think I would go, I think I would go Cole Anthony over Lamelo. I'm not super high on both. I do think they're both those both are the two best, or those two are the two best point guards in this draft. I think it would be alright. So let's say hmm, I'm trying to think who I would go with the number one pick if I'm the Pels. This one was tough. Okay. I'm going to say, because I really like James Wiseman, but then you're kind of giving up on Jackson Hayes. I guess it doesn't hurt to have two rim-running centers. Huh. Um, I'm, okay. Let's say the Pelicans take, let's say, I don't think they would take Lamelo just because of Lonzo. Let's say they take Cole Anthony, right? Let's say they just take Cole Anthony number one. Atlanta at two. <sighs> See, now I, I like Edwards to Atlanta. I do. I'm Okay. Let's say that they take... Let's say, uh, so yeah, Atlanta dropped one from, uh, so Pelicans went from four to one, Hawks dropped from one to two. So let's say Atlanta takes Wiseman. Let's say they take Wiseman, right? And now they have a front court of Collins and Wiseman. They have Hunter, they have Reddish, they have Herter, and they have Trey Young. It's a nice young core. Uh, the Suns drop, uh, jumped up from seven to three here. So the Suns are at three. I don't think they go Edwards here just because of the Devin Booker fit. I, I, I don't think they go him. Um, especially with Anthony, um, or especially with Kelly Oubre there, excuse me. Now, they could look at power forward. They could even look at Jaden McDaniels, but I think that's a reach. I think, hmm, I'm trying to think here. I think that they would go, I think that they would possibly go point guard. I think they would go point guard, develop under Rubio. I think they would go Lamelo Ball. I think they would. He could be their backup point guard. Develop behind Rubio for the next, what, three years or two years and be their starting point guard once Rubio's contract's up. I think they would go LaMelo Ball. So we have Cole Anthony, one, Wiseman, two, LaMelo Ball, three. And then I had Minnesota at four. I think they would also be in the market for a point guard. Now it comes down to between RJ Hampton and Nico Mannion. Um, I think they would go, I don't know. I like Mannion, honestly. I, I would go Mannion. I would say they go Mannion at four, and then five was the Knicks. I think they would they would want a point guard, so they would go Hampton, or they would go Edwards. 
I don't think Everett's falls on the top five. So yeah, never mind. I, I I don't know. It's really hard to predict this year's college basketball because there's really no true number one. I think it's personally Anthony Edwards just based off we're gonna see him fully this year. I mean, I don't think Georgia's particularly very good, and I would pull. Um, I believe Anthony Edwards is averaging about 24 points this year and two and a half steals. Uh, his shooting percentages aren't great, but he's 18 and kind of expect that from a college kid. So I think Anthony Edwards is the best player in this draft. And then I would probably go Wiseman too, um, just based off what I've seen. Um, and then probably three, I would go Cole Anthony, four Lamelo, five. Hmm. Five is tough. I, I like Nico Manning more than RJ Hampton. Um, a lot of people like Obi Toppin too. Maybe Minnesota would go Obi Toppin. I don't know. Or, or Phoenix would. I don't think it would go that high. So yeah. Um, it's a big point guard draft because you got Lamelo, you got Cole Anthony, you got R.J. Hampton, who's kind of a combo guard. Um, Nico Mannion, Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State is having a really solid year. I believe he is a sophomore. Uh, Killen Hayes uh, in France, he's a solid point guard. Um, and then I believe uh, Killen Hayes and then um, Theo Maladon, he is also in France too. So there's a bunch of guys that can be drafted as a point guard in this draft. All right, and you know what? I'm going to wrap this off with a segment of contender and pretender. So I'm going to give you guys teams. We're going to go through every team that is currently in the playoff race right now. On this moment, I'm recording this 1228. Um, I'm going to go through all 16 teams that would currently make the playoffs and if they're a pretender for the NBA Finals or a contender. So we're going to start off in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee Bucks, contender. I think they are the favorites to win the East at this point, um, just based off what we've seen this season. Do I think that they're the best team in the East? Yes, but I do think Philly is very close, but we'll get to them in a little bit. So I think Milwaukee is a contender by far, favorite to come out of the East. I think we can all agree on that. Boston is the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Now, it's tough. To be honest, I think, or they're currently 22 and 7, second best in the East. Now, I think Philly, personally, in my opinion, is still the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, come playoff time, seven game series. Now, if you're trying to choose between Boston, Miami, and Toronto, that's tough. I think beginning of the year, I would have still said, I think Boston. And I think now I would still say Boston. I would really like to see them get Dwayne Denman. Damn. Yeah, they should definitely try to get that. Um, but yeah, Toronto, I do like too. Or my Miami's. Okay. So I think Boston is a pretender. I, I think they're great. I just, unless they add that center, that really good center, not really good, just I think a little bit of an upgrade over Tice, and they stay healthy, I think they're very close to a contender, but I think right now they're a pretender, and I, I don't want to give many teams contender that slot. I want to do like four max, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pretender to, uh, or pretender to the um, Boston Celtics. Now, the Miami Heat, pretender as well. I don't think they have the depth in a seven-game series. Now, Chris Silva's been fine. Duncan Robinson's been good. Kendrick Nunn's been great. I don't know, man. I, I just think if Jimmy Butler's having a bad game, are you trusting Kendrick Nunn, a rookie, who's, what, 24, so he's got some experience, or 25, um, in a seven-game playoff series against Philly, against Toronto, against Boston, against uh, Milwaukee? I don't know, man. I don't. Um, I think Bam is great. I think he's an all-star this year, but do I think that he's, you can let him take over when Jimmy Butler's not on? No, I don't. So uh, Kendrick Nunn is averaging 16 points this year. I, I'm going to say they're a pretender. I, this will get this will probably get a lot of people mad because I'm going to say their favorite team is a pretender. Uh, Toronto, I'm going to say pretender as well. Um, I just think in a seven-game series, I just think AJ is going to catch up to them with Gasol at least and Ibaka, and they're really kind of limiting at that five spot. Uh, I don't know if they make a move at the deadline, and I really like Chris Boucher, but I don't think he's there yet. Um, I like Lowry. I like Van Vliet, uh, Siakam, obviously, and OG's been really good this year. I probably like them more than Miami, I think, personally. 
Um, and I probably like Boston the best out of three. It probably goes Boston, Toronto, Miami. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say Toronto's a pretender. Um, but I do like Toronto, man. I, I it's really just a game here. Um, they could end up beating Philly in the second round or the first round. So who knows? Um, because right now they'd be slated to face Philly in the first round. That'd be such an entertaining series, a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference semis. That'd be fun. The next team is the Philadelphia 76ers. I still think they're a contender. I think they're way too talented to not be. Now, I think they could use some more shooting. And I think I think they do have the salary to get to that point. They do have a first-round pick. I don't actually know if it's this year or next year. But they can trade a first-round pick. And they're going to be good next year anyway. So, I don't think they mind trading that first. And you, we've known that Elton Brand does, is not shy of making big moves. So, if we look at their salaries, let's say they wanted... I mean, they can't get JJ Redick. But Mike Scott, 4.7 mil. Uh, Zara Smith. 3 mil. So that gets you to about 7.7 .7 mil. Kyle Quinn, that can get you to around 10 mil. So what shooter can you get for 10 mil? Could you get Zare Smith and a first-round pick get you Bogdan Bogdanovich? But I don't know if the Kings would want to give him up. Uh, can that get you a... Can't get you a Marcus Morris. Probably can't get you a Davis Bertans. Probably not enough value. Hmm. I don't know. But if it can get you another shooter, then I think Philly is there. Um, but I think Philly's just really talented on the defensive end especially. I think their best five... I mean, if you if you... Say Tobias Harris is off the floor, right? Instead of Matisse Thibel, and you have Simmons, Richardson, Thibel, Horford, and Embiid. That's the best defensive lineup in the league, I think, by far. I think better than anything Milwaukee or the Clippers can put out. Um, actually, I wouldn't say by far, but I think it is the best defensive lineup in the league. Um, it's got to be up there with what? Uh, Bledsoe, Matthews, Middleton, Giannis Lopez is probably their best defensive lineup. And then LA, you have what? Beverly, Beverly, George, Leonard, uh, Green Harrell, something like that, or a Harkless, Harkless Harrell, maybe. Um, I still like that Philly lineup. So yeah, I think Philly needs another shooter. I don't think you can rely on just Harris and Corkmaz to be your shooters come playoff time. So yeah, I think Philly contender, and I think I'd feel even more comfortable if they made a move at the deadline. Uh, Indy, love Indy. They deserve love with all doing this with all um, Oladipo, but I think they're still a pretender. I still think you need. Turner developed more. He's having, a, I think, a poor season than what you'd expect from him. I think um, Sabonis having a fine season. But yeah, I think they're a pretender because I'm like, I think they're great. But if I didn't give Toronto, Boston, or Miami the contender slot, I'm not giving it to Indy. Brooklyn, pretender this year, contender next year, um, Orlando, pretender. All right, Western Conference. We'll start at eight seed. So uh, Portland, currently the eight seed. They're a pretender. I even think, ah, you know what? They made a move. Uh, I think they would have to make two moves. They would have to probably move on from Whiteside and Bazemore and get two really good rotational guys to maybe be considered contenders. But yeah, right now they're pretenders and they're two moves away. Um, and they need Nurkic and Collins to come back full strength to be contenders too. Um, Thunder, pretenders, but shout out to them. They might just mess around and make the playoffs. Jazz, pretenders. They I like the Clarkson pickup. Only cost you two seconds and you kind of um, another year of Exum. So that saves you money next year. And now you can kind of afford to bring back Clarkson. But I still think they're pretenders unless Mike Conley comes back to um, normal Mike Conley. Um, and that's still, I think, hard to put them in that contender slot. Dallas, pretenders. They might be contenders next year. Um, but this year, I don't think Luka can take them over any of the LA teams. Houston, I want to say... No, no, they're pretenders, man. They're pretenders. I don't even want to go into Houston. Uh, Denver, or currently the Clippers are the three seed. They're 23 and 10. Um, they're contenders by far. I think they have the best uh, lineup in the league when everyone's out there. With Beverly, uh, what do you usually put out? Beverly, Lou Will, George, Leonard, Harrell. I think that's by far the best starting five in the league. Um, I, I have them as contenders. I 
had them as the favorite coming into the year to win the title. I still think they are. Um, Nuggets, Pretenders, uh, they're, they're still a move away from even me considering them as contenders. And it's got to be a score um, like Drew Holiday. If they get Drew Holiday, then I'll consider it more. But, man, I just don't think they could beat any of the LA teams in a seven-game series. And the Lakers, contenders with uh, LeBron, AD. And with when you have LeBron, you're contender as always. So, yeah, I think this was a fun miscellaneous episode. Yeah, we talked about a mock draft. We talked about contenders, pretenders. We talked about some trade rumors, some Christmas games. It was a fun episode. I have no idea what I'm going to call this. I have no idea what I'm going to put the title as, but this was fun. Yeah, this was episode 11 of the Just Ballin' Podcast. Now, I think in episode 12, Tom is going to come back on, who was on for episode 10, where we gave our top 20 players of the season so far. And we're going to give you guys, I think, 10 trades each was what we were talking about. And we're going to do five realistic, five kind of fantasy trades that we would like to see happen. Um, so we'll have 20 trades. It'll be a fun episode. And yeah, I think that will come next. So yeah, that is going to be for me. Thank you all for listening. If you're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Pod, I deep um I greatly appreciate it. Um I started on my words a bunch in this episode. Yeah. Not the greatest speaker, but I feel like I am getting better. Just I haven't kind of recorded a pod in like 10 days, so maybe I'm a little rusty. Uh, but I can't use that as an excuse. So yeah, that is gonna be for me though. Thank you all for listening. I love you guys. I'll see you guys in the next pod. Peace, y'all.